The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It sure is, and welcome to the show. We are ready to go. We hope you are as well. And, uh, John Scholes here along with employment lawyer Lior Sanfiru, co-founding partner Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm not in Toronto, not in Ottawa, not in Alberta, BC, all of those, plus all of Canada. You can Google that and uh, and check it out anytime you would like. Let's get this uh, show on the road, pal. Email address, help at employmentlawyer.ca, and anytime at all during the show, 24-7, whenever you like, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is a great website as well. Absolutely free, anonymous, a ton of employment law knowledge on there to be shared and read by you but we will get to this some common questions you get Lior asked all the time from friends is my employer allowed to do blank we will get to that in just a bit but as always we start off with a couple matters that have come across your desk in the last uh, little while so uh, so serve it up pal how are you good morning well I'm actually feeling pretty good energized uh, this morning want to talk about employment law Want to answer a lot of questions, so, uh, you know, have at it. Call us right now on the show. Get on air. Ask your question. Let's get that workplace problem solved. That's the point. It's not about sharing so much as it's about getting issues uh, fixed and solved. So if you're now dealing with a problem in the workplace, maybe the problem is that you don't have uh, a job because your boss has let you go or maybe haven't, hasn't called you back to work. That could, could be a problem. Well, let's talk about the solution. Maybe your problem is that you're being mistreated in the workplace. Or maybe the problem is that your job is changing. Whatever the problem, whatever the issue, there are solutions, there are answers, and we'll talk about those right now on this show as we do every show. I want to start by talking about a couple situations that came across my desk as we're waiting for your calls. So first situation uh, involved a gentleman who had uh, been laid off since April, uh, of course, because of COVID-19. Now, he's in his uh, mid-60s, and he and I had spoken kind of early on, and I explained to him the option uh, of treating that layoff as a termination. He wasn't keen on doing that at at that point because he thought that at his age, he's in his mid-60s, it's going to be very difficult to find another job. So he was hoping simply that they'll call him back to work and, and things will get better. Well, they they were not calling back to work. In fact, his employer wasn't even answering his emails and his text messages. But over time, over the past number of months, he re, he found out that the company has called quite a few of his colleagues back to work. In fact, most of them. But there's really one difference, and that difference is that everyone that's been called back to work is much younger, 30s or so. And he not only was not called back to work, he wasn't even getting a response. He wasn't even getting an acknowledgement, nothing, no guidance, nothing at all. So that's when he reached out to me again and he wanted to know what his rights were. So first thing, as I've said, of course, uh, to him and I've said on the show and, and I'll repeat, the fact that he was put on a layoff, a temporary layoff back in the spring, that in and of itself could be treated as a termination that in and of itself requires the company to pay him severance if he wants it. Now, he's been there for 20 years. That's a lot of severance, potentially two years pay. But there's another issue here. If he, in fact, was not called back to work because of his age, and certainly that's what it appears to have happened, well, that's also age discrimination. That's a human rights violation. That's illegal. His employer cannot decide 
to say, well, I'm only going to call back the younger employees. And by the way, even if in theory they have a, a good thought behind it in the sense that, well, we want to protect our older employees, so we're going to keep them at home, not working, and we'll call back the younger employees because, you know, if they get COVID-19, it's not as bad. That thought, I don't know, may be admirable, but it's still illegal. You cannot have age be a factor in deciding who you're calling back to work. So, so this person really has been wrongfully dismissed by being put on a layoff, but now there's also a human rights issue. I'm going to help him with both. But I wanted to remind everyone there, sure, of course, if you've been laid off, you can say, no, enough, enough, enough is enough. I want my severance and I want it now, option one. But you also, if you're not being called back because of your disability or your age or any other discriminatory reason, that's illegal. So, John, some very, very important lessons right here. It's, is it always an easy thing to prove age discrimination if they didn't have a letter saying, oh, by the way, we're not bringing you back because you're, you know, you're a little long in the tooth? Obviously, they wouldn't do that. But, I mean, how does one go about proving that just simply based on the age of the people that have been brought back so far? Yeah. And, and you know, at some point, it kind of becomes obvious. You know, if, yeah. uh, if you have uh, 20 employees on, uh, on a layoff, you call back 18 of them, and the two people you didn't call back or even respond to, are older, well, you're going to, you know, as, as uh, the old saying goes, you're going to have some splaining to do, right? So because of that, I think that in this type of a situation, uh, it, it just looks bad. And unless there's a reasonable explanation, which I can't even envision, yeah, the, 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 it's going to be enough to show age discrimination. So, yeah, I, I don't know this employer, right? Maybe they had mm -hmm. good intentions. Regardless of intentions, that's not legal. What else you got going on? I spoke with a lady beginning of the week where she'd been working from home now for months. Of course, COVID-19. So she'd been working from home, no issues, no problems, and, and was going to continue working probably at least till the summer. Uh, that was made very clear to her. Well, she very recently uh, had to quarantine uh, because of the fact that she came into contact with someone that had COVID-19. So she told her employer this, but to her shock and, and dismay, her employer said, okay, but because you're quarantining, you're not going to be working, and we're not going to pay you. Which, for her, that was very strange, because she's working from home anyway. It's not like she had to go to the office. She wasn't. She w didn't have COVID-19. She wasn't sick. She had to quarantine as a precaution, but it really didn't impact her job. So she called me, and she wanted to know, well, can they essentially not pay me because I'm quarantining, even though I'm working from home in any event, and I would have worked from home, quarantine or no quarantine? So this is interesting. I actually hadn't been asked that since COVID-19 started, but the answer is actually very obvious. No, they have to pay her. Uh, there's no reason or basis to say you're not going to work. It's not like the fact that she's under, under quarantine is going to impact her job, impact her ability to be in front of her computer and do her work. So that's not a proper valid excuse to avoid having her getting paid. So it's interesting. If you're working from home and uh, you're able to do your job from home, and by the way, your employer should allow you to work from home if that's possible. Any quarantine is not an excuse to not pay you. Your employer has to pay you if you can do your job, if you're available to work. Uh, and if not that, there's going to be uh, some legal repercussions, John. Yep, you bet. You want to reach out to Lior, by the way, and his team when, uh, when we're not doing the show. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. We'll try to get to some email a little later on in the show. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. But you get tons of questions, whether it's through emails or texts or even phone calls uh, during the the many shows we do here 
on uh, Global News Radio, but is, is can my employer do this? Because people always end up at this question because they talk to this friend and that friend or a, 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 some other person, some other professional, and they get 15 different opinions. They go to a website <laughs> or a blog. It just turns out to be just a fruit salad of wrong information. So that is why we're getting through some of these. The first one, I mean, what, it's not the first one, but it's one probably in the last – 46 weeks you've had nonstop, and that is uh, so many of my friends are off on a temporary layoff because of COVID-19. Can my employer do this? Yeah, and probably 90% of questions that I get always start with the words, can my employer do dot, dot, dot. So, yeah, what we want to do, of course, because that's really what people want to know. They want to know, is their employer allowed to do something, is talk about a few of those common situations and questions. And probably, as you said, the most common that I've been getting certainly over the past number of months is, can my employer, uh, you know, lay me off? Can they keep me on a layoff? Uh, And, you know, in terms of can they keep you on a layoff, it's it's actually almost the wrong question because the real question you should be asking is do they have a right to put you on a layoff to begin with? And the answer to that is no. In most cases, in non-union environments, your employer does not have the right to put you on a layoff, a temporary layoff. If they do, okay, you now have the right to treat that as a termination. So it's not really about can they keep you on the layoff, it's can they put you on a layoff. Now, the problem, of course, if you accept the layoff, you've given the company the right to do it again. And then when they do it the second, third, and tenth time, you won't be able to do much about it. So if you're put on a layoff, COVID-19 related or not related to COVID-19, remember, your employer does not have a right to do that, and you can treat that as a termination of your employment. I want to get a quick call in here before we break. We've got to do that in a minute or so. But, uh, Mary, thank you for standing by. Good morning. How are you? Good, thank you. Great. What's your question? Um, I um, was diagnosed with carpal tunnel syndrome last January. I am finally getting to go to the doctor and get it fixed in February. And my uh, HR department is saying that um, our company probably won't sign off of uh, forms for WSIB. So it, it, I've it, too it's long. not it's not up to them to sign off. They, they have to. What they can do is they can try to convince uh, WSIB that this really is, that they shouldn't cover it. So an employer has a right to tell WSIB how they feel about the injury, whether it's work-related, whether it's something that WSIB should cover. But they're absolutely not allowed to prevent you from applying. They absolutely have to. If they even try to not do that, I want you to, to call me. One email from me is going to get those forms done so quickly, it's going to make your head spin. They absolutely have to allow you to apply for WSIB, no exceptions. Okay, and I've typed at this job for three years, and in my career, I've been typing for 20 years. So it's from my job. And again, ultimately, WSIB will decide whether they should cover or not, and, and you know okay. they'll, they'll reach the conclusion. But you're allowed to go through that process. You, in fact, you must go through that process, so don't let anyone prevent you from doing that. Mary, appreciate the call, and uh, best of luck on that one. We'll take a short break. It's Employment Law Show. This is Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. For sure, you have questions about your employment rights. This is your show, has been doing that for almost a decade. If you've been uh, terminated or laid off, wrongfully dismissed, harassed at work, experienced changes to your job, 
human rights issues, which we discussed earlier on, or have some questions about severance, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website for you anytime, tons of employment law info. It's like having an employment lawyer with you. Even go there before you make that phone call, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's free, it's anonymous, and there's uh, there's tons of contact information up there as well. Back to our, our topic at hand, and, you know, it, often the phone call email starts with, as you said, can my employer do this? Another one is uh, change my hours of work. How about that? Can they do that? And, and this is always a, a very big question that I get, and, and it's been that much more prominent uh, now over the past number of months because of COVID-19. Can my employer change my job? And that could mean a number of things. Can they change my hours? Can they change my job responsibilities? Obviously, can they change my compensation or eliminate my bonus, eliminate my commissions? You name it, we're talking about changes to terms of employment. And the answer in almost always is no. Your employer does not have a right to do that. And by the way, that hasn't changed now. It has not because of COVID-19. In most cases, when an employer imposes a significant change to terms of employment, that gives the employee the right to look at that as a constructive dismissal. A constructive dismissal happens when your job has changed. The terms of your employment have changed in a significant way, and you don't accept that. Instead, you treat that as a termination uh, and say, no, enough is enough, pay me my severance. Now, it's important to remember, of course, that not every change results in a constructive dismissal. So if it's a minor change to pay, you know, a couple, uh, couple percentage points, you're, you're not going to like that, of course. Neither would I. But legally, an employer can do that. You know, if, if we're talking more than 10 or so percent, sure, yeah, that's constructive dismissal territory. Sure. If your hours of work have changed, you know, slightly from 9 to 5 to 8.30 to 4.30, again, may not be happy about that, but probably not a constructive dismissal. On the other hand, if you're going to be working evenings instead of days, you better believe that's a constructive dismissal. So if you're ever in that situation where your job is being changed, sometimes it's more subtle. We're changing some responsibilities, taking some away or adding some. Let's have a chat about that. Let's talk about whether or not that's a legal change or an illegal change and talk about what to do about it uh, and talk about what you have to gain by pursuing a constructive dismissal. But generally, you should know your employer does not have a right to make significant changes to terms of employment. And I want to mention as well, if you want more of a uh, private and lengthy conversation with Lior or a member of the team, here's how you do that. one 821 5900 real simple. Can my employer, this is a tough one, especially now that they're under order, but can my employer refuse to let me work from home? Yeah, and, and generally speaking, uh, you know, pre-recent times, your employer can refuse uh, in the sense that uh, there's no legal requirement that your employer uh, ask you or, or allow you to work from home. Now, that's changed now recently, certainly in Ontario, where because of uh, the, the stay-at-home orders, et cetera, that the government of Ontario has put in place, if you're able to do your job from home, your employer has to allow you to work from home, at least for the next number of weeks. Uh, so that's not up to the discretion of the employer anymore. Before this situation and after it, your employer generally can make the decision whether you work from home or not. But here's something to, to keep in mind. If, you know, let's talk about a non-COVID world. Let's say you always work in the office. Your employer actually can't decide you're going to work from home. That's a significant change to the terms of employment. Maybe you don't want to work from home. Maybe you don't have a proper setup at home. Maybe you have three kids like me running around causing all kinds of noise. <laughs> so because of that, your employer can't change terms of employment. 
But that goes the other way. Let's say you, you, you are working from home already and you've been working from home for a while. Your employer can't necessarily say, well, now I've decided you're going to come back to the office. Again, that's another significant change to the terms of employment. So anytime we're talking about changes, you have something going on and your employer decides unilaterally to change it, oftentimes we're now talking about something that's illegal. But generally speaking, if, if you simply say, hey, I, I feel like working from home from now on, unless it's you know because of the stay-at-home order, your employer does not necessarily have to allow that. Again, 416-870-6400. Call here. And now if you have questions about this or anything related uh, to your job in COVID-19, uh, you can do so. It's uh, 926, so you got lots of uh, lots of time. Now, some people are going to think, okay, Leo, I understand that, but you've said, you know, if I do something long enough, it becomes an implied term of my employment. This is outside of that realm because this is this is under special circumstances, meaning that if it's uh, two months from now, and uh, finally, people can go back to the workplace. Uh, workplace. The order is lifted by the provincial government. Employees can't say, well, you know, I've been working from home now for three months, so I'm going to stay here because it's more convenient for my lifestyle. They can't do Absolutely. that in this case, right? You're right, because this, these are unique circumstances, because right. your employer allowed you to work from home because of COVID-19, because of what's been going on in the world. Once that issue is no longer our consideration, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later, uh, at that point, your employer does get to decide whether you're going to come back to work or, or, or not. And it's going to be tough to say, well, you've let me work at home during COVID. Therefore, you have to continue to allow mm-hmm. me to work from home forever. Now, that's often something you can negotiate with your employer. I think a lot of employers are starting to recognize that, hey, having someone work from home is not a bad idea. Right. But in terms of telling them, too bad, I've been doing it for six months, or now you have to allow me forever, because it's COVID-related, no, that's not going to be possible. We are talking about situations, uh, you know, can my employer do this and that? And Leora get these phone calls and emails all the time. Can they put me uh, out on a performance improvement plan? You know, I get that. I ask that very often, uh, whether it's, you know, can they put me on a performance improvement plan or what do I do if I'm on a performance improvement plan or I think my performance improvement plan is bogus. So so very important thing to, to keep in mind here. So first of all, in terms of can your employer put you on a performance improvement plan, the answer generally is yes, so long as it's legitimate, so long as it's not arbitrary, unreasonable, a lie or fabricated. If, it's, if there's a basis for it, something happened, maybe you didn't do a good job or, or your performance is not where it should be, in that situation, yes, your employer can't put you on a performance improvement plan. But they can't do that if they're using it as an excuse to push you out, if it's based on you know, lies or fabrications, that's not appropriate. So the key here is to recognize whether it's appropriate or not. If it's not appropriate, you have to say so. You have to put that in writing, send an email saying, here's why, I don't, dis- why I, don't, I don't agree with it. Here's why this is not complete or why you haven't looked at all the facts. Here's what you need to know. If you're simply silent in the face of an uh, unreasonable performance improvement plan, it's as if you've just accepted it, and that could be held against you later on. So, yeah, you can be put on a performance improvement plan, but it has to be legitimate. And many people feel that it's not. That's fine. So say something. You can't stop it from your employer from giving you that paper, but you could definitely make your position known, put that on the record in writing, and if you do that, it's going to help you later on if your employer tries to rely on that performance improvement plan to let you go. Angela, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming by. How are you? Good. How are you? Fantastic. What's your question? I have a quick question. It's just to add on to what you were mentioning earlier about 
the employer changing your hours. Beautiful. Um, it's not for me. It's for my brother-in-law. He works for one of those big box stores. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to mention it, but at the beginning of his employment, he signed a contract, or when he signed on, he said that he, he agreed that um, they can change his hours at any time and change his location. Does that still apply, the progressive discipline, does that still apply uh, to a person in that situation? Sorry, what about progressive discipline? I'm not sure where the progressive discipline fits in. I'm not progressive discipline. The, um, you know, because they changed his hours. He went from working days and, and afternoons, like mixed shifts, to right. strictly afternoons, which really interferes with, you know, his son and, you know, spending time with his family. Right, right. So, obviously, right. I would want to see a copy of that employment agreement because an employer yes. is able, through an employment agreement, to give itself rights that it otherwise would not have. So right. if it says we have full and unfettered discretion to do whatever we want with your hours, if that's what he agreed to, unfortunately the employer can do that. But here's okay. the, the, there's a subtlety here because changing your hours does not necessarily mean giving you a completely different shift. Uh, you know, th they would have to go beyond that and say we can give you different shifts. We could do we could do anything at all that we want right. with your hours. So. That's why the, the, the details matter. So what I would want for your, your brother-in-law there is I would want him to call me and send me a copy of the employment agreement because if the language is not that broad, this may well be illegal. This may well be a constructive dismissal, but we have to start by looking at that employment agreement. Okay, I'll, I'll let him know. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you for yours, Angela. Appreciate the call and taking time this morning to uh, to give us a call. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred for your brother-in-law, help at employmentlawyer.ca. But, Sue, how are you? Good. Excellent. What's your question? Um, my question is, I've uh, been injured on the job, high-energy delivery um, person, uh, a lot of pressure to perform in and out of the vehicle um, and from from the company and uh, was injured jumping out of the vehicle, the delivery vehicle, um, and it was between 12 and 1, um, which was reported as as I was to do, and um, was signed up for WISAB um, immediately, but denied a week later because apparently it was on my lunch hour, but because of the pressure, I don't take lunch, so later, and I was working. And now there's a lot of pressure at work. A pressure? To, uh, what kind of pressure? To do what? Pressure, pressure to, um, yeah, that because I've been denied, I just have to go back to work and not able to go back to work. Oh, gosh. So, so whether or not you qualify for WSIB is very different and actually has nothing to do with ability to work. I mean, you could have been injured climbing mountains in, uh, in a foreign country. It, it doesn't change the fact that if you have an injury, you cannot work. And the only thing you have to give your employer is a doctor's note saying you cannot work, regardless of where it happened or how it happened. And your employer cannot do anything at all to you. Not only that, in fact, if you need some accommodation, maybe you can work, but you need modified duties or modified hours, they have to accommodate you. So if your employer won't accommodate you in, in this situation uh, you, you, or, or, or gives you a hard time despite having a doctor's note, I want you to call me right away and let me get them off your back. 
The other thing is this. If you were really in the span of your employment, WSIB should cover you. So I can connect you with someone that I work with that deals with WSIB so that we can get that resolved. So either way, you have to reach out to me, but your employer definitely, definitely cannot uh, impact, cannot give you a hard time, threaten you, put pressure on you, do anything to you because you're injured, regardless of how that injury happened. Okay. Um, so how do, what's the number to reach out? I'm going to give it to you uh, right now, Sue, so, uh, so stand by, and I'll give it to you for the rest of the show as well, so you'll be able to uh, catch it in case you, uh, you know, your, your pencil lead breaks. one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 to reach out to Lior and his team, help at employmentlawyer.ca. But Eric and Paul, fellas, I see you uh, standing by. We'll get to your calls after a short break. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You betcha. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is another way to get on air and get in, uh, get in contact. Paul in Newmarket. How are you, pal? How are you guys? Good, sir. What's, uh, what's on your mind? Um, I had uh, an injury every two years this May. I, fract- I had two compression fractures on my spine, lower spine. And I had surgery a year ago, about now. And after that, he, uh, just after the surgery, he said it could take about a year to heal. Um, I, was, um, I went for a CT scan, and uh, I got a report from the hospital. And then the surgeon that sent me and did the surgery said the fractures are all healed. Um, and the lower part of my back that was sore, he's saying that's severe stenosis. And on the report, it says the fractures still aren't healed. And there's no, no, nothing that says anything about, it says no stenosis on it. So he did call me and he told me all that. And some of the cement leaked out in the surgery when he filled it. And I never told him I had the report. And my caseworker comp said that when he gets a report, it's either if it's healed, we move forward. And if it's not, we go another way. Well, I didn't say anything about the letter, so I don't know what's going to happen, or do I say anything about it, or what? I don't know what moving forward means, or anything like that. So here's my best advice, Paul. I think uh, you know this needs to be done right. Obviously, it's a big issue. You know, you have a, a significant injury that could impact you for a while, so you don't want to do something that may impact your your abilities or, or your rights uh, vis-a-vis WSIB. So I want you to reach out to me off the uh, off air off the show, and I'm going to connect you with a colleague that deals exclusively with these matters so that uh, he can advise you as to how to deal with it, what to tell WSIB. Maybe you'll need some other note from your doctor. Uh, you know, I don't want you to do anything without doing that because worst, you know, the worst-case scenario is you get cut off WSIB, and then what do you do if you can't work? So let's connect off-air. I'll connect you with someone that deals with this exclusively so that they can tell you to the letter what you need to do. Okay, that sounds good. And I also, they did send me back a return to work just, um, you know, like an hour or two hours a day. And they wanted me to go more than that, but I couldn't. So I've been doing that just before Christmas. And it's only been an hour and a half or two. But so that's the point right now. So, yeah, I can do that. Then that sounds good then. Perfect. Look forward to doing that. Appreciate it, Paul. And here is that number to reach out uh, when we're done here. one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Just that simple. Eric, thanks for uh, hanging on there for a couple minutes. Morning, guys. I have a, a general question. Yeah. When severance is paid out, you agree to a severance is paid out, it's a lump sum. 
How much withholding income taxes is usually? Is it a percentage or does it depend on your marginal tax rate? What's a, a good guide if you want to so figure just, out what's going to so, end up? Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no problem. So th- there's two aspects. Number one is how much does the company have to withhold and then ultimately what you may have to pay CRA. So let's talk about the first thing. So uh, anything over uh, $20,000 – you have to pay the company has to withhold 30%. If it's $5,000 or less, it's 10%. Uh, sorry, between 5 and 15, I should say it's, it's 20, and then over 15 is 30%. So up to 5, uh, 10%, between 5 and 15, 20%, and over 15, it's 30%. Now, that's just a withholding rate. Depending on how much income uh, you have for the year and what are the deductions, you may get money back from CRA or you may owe money to CRA. But in terms of what your employer actually has to withhold, those are the percentages. But it has to be done properly because if it's not negotiated properly, they may withhold a higher rate. They may also deduct EI and CPP off it. So if it's negotiated properly, we call that a retiring allowance. They would only withhold those rates of taxes. They won't deduct EI and CPP, which is better for you. So it has to be done properly. And at the end of the year, the calendar year, that company will send you an equivalent T4 exactly. form with that info. Okay. Yeah, they'll send you a T4. You file your taxes. And, you know, depending on what else happened that year, how much income, maybe you owe money, maybe you, you get a bunch of money back. But your employer that pays severance, that's how much taxes. The maximum they would ever need to withhold is 30%. Excellent. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate that. Which right there, I mean, that just you know encompasses why you want to call the show because I had no idea of any of that information. Now I know exactly what it does. It, um, you know, he mentioned lump sum versus you know pay continuance. I mean, that can have depending on the time of year, that can have some positive or negative implications depending on how you structure that severance too. Right? If you go over till the next year, as opposed to getting a massive lump sum just before the end of a tax year, it could hurt you a little harder, right? Oh, absolutely. But that's just one aspect of quote-unquote tax planning that can be done to uh, to reduce the amount of taxes you have to pay. You can also pay uh, monies into RRSP. So there's not going to be any tax withholding on that if you have the, contrib- excuse me, the contribution room. So for example, let's say you're, you're getting $50,000 in, uh, in severance. If you have $50,000 of room in your RSP and you want that money in your RSP, then your employer can pay that without any tax deductions or a part of it if that's what you want. Uh, there's also ways, depending on why you were let go and, and other circumstances, where the money may be classified as, as general damages, which is not even taxed. So you may get severance or, or monies from your employer that are not taxable at all uh, if it's justified. So there's a lot of reasons why these things have to be done properly. And the, the worst thing you can do is you, sign, you just sign off on that severance package because not only will you be getting less money, you may well be paying two, three, five times the taxes that you need to pay. So, uh, you know, reason uh, 1,452 <laughs> as to why you absolutely have to get legal advice if you lost your job. That and along of other questions, can my employer do blank is what we're covering on the show today. Next one you get all the time is, can my employer pay me less than other employees? That, that is a question that I get often, and uh, generally speaking, the answer is yes, so long as it's not discriminatory. And what I mean by that is they can't decide that we're going to pay women less than men. 
Absolutely not. That's illegal. That's a human rights violation. Can't do that. Never. Can't decide that we're going to pay older employees less than younger employees. Again, human rights violation, age discrimination. But generally speaking, an employer can say, you know what, we uh, really need new people, so we're going to give them an incentive by paying these new hires more. That's not a nice thing to do, obviously, and it's going to upset the, the existing more senior employees, but legally an employer can do that. If you do find that your employer is paying others in the same job as you uh, more, talk to your employer. Uh, you know, ex- Explain why you, you, you're not feeling good about that, why you feel it's unfair, you've been there longer, you've shown your dedication and loyalty. A lot of most, in fact, good employers, I think, would be understanding and amenable and something can be worked out. Ultimately, as long as it's not discrimination, an employer can decide to pay people differently. Want to take a short break here? Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Right back to it. Jay, thanks for hanging on. Hi. Go ahead. So basically, um, I have a situation where I work construction. I'm a site super at a job site. And the, the employer basically tells me that I'm not doing 40 hours a week where I am doing 40 hours a week. Every single week from, for like a year, I've been getting the exact same pay. And all of a sudden now, he, he says that I have people coming by after 3 p.m. and this and that because I'm working 9 to 5. So he's like, and, and uh, you're not there all of a sudden where I am there. So can, And he's saying that this week I'm going to pay you half of the amount. Can he do that? <laughs> no, I absolutely cannot do that. There's not even a debate here. Now, if in fact he can show that in a particular week you worked less hours, he can pay you less for that week. But he has to prove it. Uh, you, you don't have to disprove it. Uh, but certainly yeah. going forward, he can say, because of what happened a week or two or three weeks ago, I'm going to pay you less this week. Uh, if he does that, that could be, uh, that could be a, resulting in a, either a constructive dismissal or a claim for unpaid wages. It's not legal uh, at all, Jay. So I would ex- talk to your employer and, and tell him what you've just told me. Yes, I have worked, and here's how you know that I worked and that you absolutely don't agree to get paid less. If he does that anyway, I want you to call me as soon as possible. All right? Okay, well, I talked to him last night on the phone, and yes. basically he said he, he disagreed, and he said, well, I have other people coming, and they're taking pictures and stuff. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'm there. So, you know, he, he's, he's still, like, saying that I'm not there. Like, okay. I don't well, then, then, but regardless, he's not allowed to pay you less. So what you have to decide ultimately, uh, so, so I, in my understanding that he wants you to work full time this coming week, 40 hours, but he wants to pay yeah. you for 20 hours. Yes. Absolutely not. Uh, so, you know, if you want to kind of get ahead of this, uh, one of the yeah. ways to do that is to get me to send him a note and that will hopefully straighten things out. If he does ultimately pay you less i would think for that if you want to keep your job probably a claim with the ministry of labor if it upsets you enough that you want to leave your job with severance i can help you with that as well okay i don't mind 
Thanks, Jay. Appreciate it. I think I cut him off, but I'm sure he'll contact you. Jay, here's how you uh, reach out to have a uh, further conversation with Lior and a member of his team. I would advise you do so, of course. 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900. Jay and help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's amazing how employers will try all kinds of things in this current climate, huh? Yeah, you know, but the, the problem is this, that and, and there's this almost a feeling that a lot of employers have that, well, I'm the boss, this is my job, you know, I decide how to pay, what to do. Well, no, you don't decide. I don't decide, by the way. The law takes care of that. So you have to follow the law. You don't get to be a cowboy and decide, well, I, I'm, I'm the boss, I'm deciding. No, it doesn't work that way. Uh, it's not because I don't want to or it's not an opinion. You have to comply with the law. And not knowing what the law is is no excuse. It's not that difficult to make a call and get yourself informed about your obligations as an employer. We talk often on this show about the rights of employees, uh, but an employer can also pick up a phone and ask, hey, can I do this? Right. I want to do something. Am I allowed to? I don't want to break any laws. I don't want to face uh, you know, a, a, a legal action against me. It's too many employers don't do that. They make assumptions about what they can do, and that's when they get into trouble. Another uh, question you often get, uh, phone, email, otherwise, is, Leor, can my employer make me come back to work, but contrary to my doctor's opinion? I get that often. Uh, and in fact, we had a caller today saying that her employer is, is trying to put pressure on her to come back to work even though she's injured. So the answer, is, as I've said to that caller, is absolutely not. No. Your doctor is the only one that gets to decide if you can work. Judge and jury is your doctor. So if your doctor says, no, you cannot work or should not work, and here's a note for your employer that says that, that's it. That's the end of the discussion. That's the end of the analysis. They have to allow you to be home, whether it's for a day, for a week, or for a year, if that's what's required. Your employer's obligation is, of course, to make sure that uh, they don't put pressure on you, that they don't threaten you, uh, and if you need accommodation, you can come back to work. But like a previous caller, I can only come back to work on a part-time basis because of the fact that I have an injury. Well, if possible, your employer has to accommodate that. There's a very strict duty to accommodate. Uh, and if your employer does not try hard, doesn't want to, ah, that's your problem, we're not going to do that, that's a human rights violation. So in any of those situations, if your employer threatens you when they shouldn't have, if they don't accommodate you, you want to get on the phone, you want to call me right away. You know, again, and a lot of this is a result, not only, but a lot of it's a result of uh, COVID-19. Employers are slashing the workforce, and they're getting the remaining workforce and forcing them to work more uh, more hours, overtime hours, but people can't always do that. Can the employer force them to work that overtime? In most cases, no. So what I mean by most cases, if you're in a situation where you haven't traditionally worked overtime, your employer can't require you, can't make you, certainly can ask you, and then if you agree for sure, but can't require you. Uh, and your hours are your hours. And just like you're, you, you can't decide to work less, your employer can't automatically decide that you work more. Now, the only uh, exception would be if there's a history established that you work overtime whenever your employer says so. If that's kind of already been established, you know, for the last however long the employer said work overtime and you did, well, now there's this new implied term that, yes, your employer decides and you do it. But if you haven't worked overtime and your employer now wants you to, you can decide to. Uh, and obviously, you remember, you have to get paid time and a half for most people if you work more than 44 hours a week. 
But for most people, as I said, your employer cannot mandate and require you to work extra overtime hours. And finally, this one, can my employer take away my severance if I don't accept that severance offer? I feel pressured, <laughs> right? Every severance offer, without exception, has a deadline. So here's what, you're, what we're offering you, Mr. or Mrs. Employee, and this offer expires on this date, Friday, Thursday, whatever the date is. Uh, and when you see a deadline, you think, well, if I don't accept it, I lose something. Nonsense. Your rights don't expire on that deadline. That offer, 90% of the time, is completely illegal, inappropriate, and inadequate. That deadline means nothing. Get advice instead. Once you sign off, even if you feel the pressure, you can't go back. So do the right thing. You do not lose your severance if you don't accept by that deadline. And that is pretty much a wrap for the day. You want to reach out to anything that's piqued your interest or you're scratching your head with more questions, it's no problem. You can uh, contact Lior and his team right now. It's one 855 821 The number email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And always that website you go to first free and anonymous and uh, full of wonderful employment law information, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Real simple. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.